Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Sunday brunch 
uh, Sundays at 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, shameless plug. Um, and talking a lot about the Super Bowl. I was hoping to get in there. I doubt I'll be able to make it in there, so I'll have to talk a little bit of Super Bowl. But I was going to hold pause on that because, you know, I wanted to talk about the NBA, you know, the, the Kyrie Irving situation, LeBron passing the torch. But like you said, breaking news is, is upon us. So before I – I, I got to leave with that. Before, before I get to it, I got to bring in a caller. Mr. Harvey himself calling out of the 615, our, our other chef in the building. Mr. Harvey, what's going on, bro? Hey, what's up, fellas? Always a pleasure to be alongside you too, man. And uh, thanks for having me. I look forward to uh, talking about this trade and all the other things going on in the world of sports with you guys tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, um, let's not beat around the bush. Like, not only, not like, even like 30 minutes ago, uh, I was, I was, you know, I had the description ready for the show, and I had to go back and edit it because, like TP said, breaking news: uh, the Los Angeles Lakers are finalizing, if not finalized, a three-team deal to land D'Angelo Russell from the Minnesota T- uh, Timberwolves and Malik Beasley from the Utah Jazz and Jared Vanderbilt from the Jazz. Um, so the Lakers finally upgrading their roster, dealing Russell Westbrook point guard to the Jazz um, and their um, 2027 pick. They didn't have to give up both picks, as a lot of people predicted, because they made it a three-team deal, um, getting uh, the Jazz and the the Timberwolves involved, so they didn't have to give up much draft capital. Um, But the the Timberwolves received Mike Connolly, veteran guard, uh, who can still do some things out there, Nikel Alexander Walker, and then they got a bevy of picks. I think a couple picks. Um, not really seeing what picks they got necessarily. I'm sure that'll be broken out pretty soon. So, Timberwolves getting Connolly and, and, and Alexander Walker, Jazz getting Westbrook, Juan uh, Anderson, Takan uh, Anderson, and Damian Jones, and the Lakers lightly protected. 2027 first round pick, so they get to keep their 2029 first round pick, and the Lakers obviously, you know, getting D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. TP timeless, um, lot to break down, man. I mean, I was gonna save Russell Westbrook talk for the end of the show because there was a little spat that happened with him and Darvin Ham uh, at halftime of last night's uh, historic game. But now that's to this trade, it, it seems. TP, talk to me about this trade. Who won this trade, and how how does this trade uh, affect the, both teams, all three teams going forward? To be honest, and I don't usually do this, no team won anything. All three of those teams did some bonehead stuff. I I need to hear more about this fat bag. I'm going to leave it up to you because I, I definitely walked away from the living room when that happened because I was mm-hmm. watching that game from start to finish, being a Thunder fan, you know, and I love that that we pulled that out. And I I can't wait to talk about that. But um, I don't think any team won. Um, you mean to tell me, I, I might as well say the best for last. So the Wolves, um, they're trying to find their way out. They have a good amount of youth there. They bring Mike Conley there a point guard that's going to retire soon. He's going to retire soon. I, I don't even want to put, like, a big stamp on him, but I say no more than three years are in him, right? I, I'd say probably within the next one or two seasons, Mike, Mike Conley might walk away from the game unless he's just playing 
to get a check and, and teams continue to sign him because I don't I don't think Mike Conley has that much left in the tank or championship aspirations. I think he's more or less just playing, you know, to play. Um, looking at and, and it's it's kind of like I want to join it together with these two, but looking at Utah's situation, at least Conley had a hand in that situation with that team while the Utah Jazz were rolling and they had that veteran there. You mean to tell me that you went after Russell Westbrook and brought him there where he already has beef with the entire city of Salt Lake City, and and he's going to be back into a small market team where he's the biggest personality on that team, and he's going to try to take that over. From Laurie Market and having an all-star season right now, it could end up stunning this situation on the way that they've been playing. Jordan Clarkson is going to buy into Russell, let alone, I I think, wait, I think Jordan Clarkson wears double zero, but if, if he's holding on to the number zero, where Russell's going to go back to the number four. Like, all of this stuff I feel like is going to be mayhem in Utah. I don't think it's going to work with Russ coming there, being the biggest personality, and he's, uh, I want to say, three years removed from being with uh, the Wizards while he was doing that down there, just barely making it. Utah is, like, scratching and clawing, trying to make their way from the 10th seat up into this thing right now. So that's interesting. And it saved the best for last, right? And I get it because Barry just threw out – the situation with Russell Westbrook and Darvin Ham having a spat. They've been talking about getting Russ for a while. You wait till the bitter end to try to get rid of Russell Westbrook right now and bring in D'Angelo Russell, who was already there. I I don't know if this is a good fit because D'Angelo Russell, I think, can be better. It, and, and I don't know if LeBron makes him better, but he, I, I feel like throughout his career he's had spots. He has glimpses, but he's not consistent and a team that's in shambles. You mean to tell me that the Lakers moved Russ and didn't get a pick at all? Like, they didn't get any first-round pick at all? you just sitting there watching other teams get picks? But y'all not doing nothing? Y'all not even looking toward the future? The Lakers are in shambles right now. This is a bad situation. You mean to tell me that you're bringing names into LA just to bring people there? You have LeBron there. LeBron just did something historic. He don't look like he's going to a finals no time soon. If they do, this is going to be this year. They're going to go on the run over the momentum of him doing it this, uh, what he did yesterday. Other than that, the Lakers are not. I don't. They they may struggle to get to the tenth seed. The Lakers may struggle to make the play in, and that's brutal for me to say that. And let alone with this trade right now. I mean, it's best that you try to run this out with Russ until the end of the season and try to make this happen. You got rid of him, and you're, you're bringing in patchwork players. And of course, D'Angelo Russell has like. Spotty play. He's not consistent. He's streaky here and there. So I don't think any of those teams won. I just I just feel like they just wanted to get Russ out of L.A. They had to make numbers match, and, and they did it, and it's a mess to me. All three teams, that's, that's messy, especially with Minnesota trying to grow, you know. And I feel like Conley can work with um, Anthony Edwards and, and, and waiting for Cat to figure out who the heck he is right now. But, it well, and Conley did play with Rudy Gobert before too, so that's interesting too. But we will see, but I, I I don't like it for either, all three of those teams. It's a mess to me, especially in the Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, I think Minnesota's underachieved, right? Getting Rudy Gobert and trading what they traded to get him, but only one game above 500. Um, I, I think you're looking at D'Angelo Russell in Minnesota. I, while the fit was okay for a couple years, obviously it's Carl it's Anthony Towns and, and it's Anthony Edwards, and Russ just didn't have enough shots. I mean, and when I look at it, Russ's scoring average is the lowest it's been since, um, you know, 2018. 
but he's shooting his best three field goal percentage and he's shooting his best three-point percentage. That's two things that the Lakers desperately needed. Um, Malik Beasley and Vanderbilt are upgrades over anybody that they currently have off coming off the bench or on their roster. So uh, these three p- players, even though I agree with you, the Lakers didn't get any picks, I look at it as that the Lakers weren't going to get any picks trading um, Russell. They had to unload picks to get him off the books. Um, I'm surprised that they did it. And, Mike, I'm going to come to you in a minute. I know I know you, you're, you're sitting on this one, but I want to get my thought out before you go in. Um, I'm surprised they, they moved Russ um, because I felt like they could they were playing well enough where they could probably – he accepted his role off the bench. He was good for the second unit. And, you know, you can get that contract off the books if you kept him the whole season, and then you can go into free agency. Now you, you, you can probably – I thought you, there's a good chance that you could have got a Kyrie Irving in the off season, but they want to go for it now this year instead of wasting the season. And, and I, I can't fault them for that. Um, the Jazz now have 15 first-round picks. 15 first-round picks, TP. That's a lot. So, um, you know, it's it's a lot of capital. They could get some, some players if somebody wanted to go to Utah. Um, or they can use some picks to really rebuild this team. It has a lot of youth marketing. You know, they got a lot of young players that they can they can work with, right? They can market out there. So, um, yeah. But I just don't see the. I I don't see how I don't see how the Timberwolves got better. I I think they took a step back with this trade, um, in my opinion. But I think the Lakers, out of everybody, I think the Lakers did the best. I think they got three players that can instantly help them as opposed to a team that couldn't shoot and couldn't defend um, at all, in my opinion. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But I think the Lakers, I think um, Polinka gets a lot of flack for what was going on with not, quote-unquote, not being able to upgrade the roster. But I think you look at the trade before um, – two weeks ago and then this trade and you look at the team before that and now I think the team is the Lakers are a better team right now than they were a month ago. But they still gotta win some games. Mike, you're the you're the Laker fan. Um you're you have seen it, you've seen it all here here at all. Talk to me about this Lakers uh Timberwolves and Jazz three way trade that sends Russell Westbrook to the Jazz and sends D'Angelo uh, D'Angelo Russell back to LA where he began his career was drafted number two overall out of Ohio State. So, uh, just for clarification, did did Minnesota get any picks out of this deal? They did. They did. I don't know okay. how many they got though, Mike. If you if you find out how many they got, let me know. It just yeah. says that they got yeah. picks. I think they got two or three, but I'm not sure. Okay, so for Minnesota, like I don't know that this makes any of these teams a lot better, but I'm just going to kind of go with with all three teams. And let me start with Minnesota. I don't I don't know how much Conley still has in the tank, but I, I can understand why maybe you take a veteran point guard who does have some experience with Gobert and who has been on a few different teams. You know, maybe that veteran presence uh, in the locker room who's been around the league for a while you know, maybe he can be kind of a voice of reason or a voice to kind of help them, uh, you know, bring some veteran leadership to that team. I don't know. 
that, that, that that's going to be the case, but I think that's kind of what you hope for. And getting Mike Conley, who to TP's point is close to being done. Um, and then <clears throat> if they got a couple of picks back, that at least kind of helps a little bit offset this Gobert trade where they gave up the house um, for Rudy Gobert, right? So uh, they gave up so many picks in that Gobert trade, so maybe they're re- recovering some of this. Um, the Jazz, to me, I don't know that Russell Westbrook does a lot for this team this year, but I think this is a classic case of taking on an expiring contract. Um, yeah. His deal is going to be up after this year. He's probably not going to stay there. They've gotten some more picks. Um, so, you know, this is what this is what Danny Ainge does, right? This is what he did in, in Boston. Uh, they were back for a couple of years as they were completely trying to rebuild. So uh, you just mentioned all the capital. They can, they can put a bunch of that together to try to get somebody if they want to. Uh, otherwise they have a lot of first round draft picks. If even, you know, a third of them hit, you got a chance to put together a nucleus for a really good team and a rebuild. Um, so that's, that's really what you have to do, especially in a market like Salt Lake city. Uh, we know kind of some of the reputation of those of those fans and some of the you know racial things that have come out of there. It's let's be honest. I can't wait to go play for the Utah Jazz. Said no free agent ever, really, for the most part. Right. So it's not like it's a uh, it's not like it's a sexy, attractive like destination for free agents to possibly go. So. Uh, how are you going to put together a winning product? You got to do it through the draft, and then you got to have a system in place, and and maybe you know build a culture to where everybody wants to be there. I mean, you know, during their heyday, um, that's what you know. Stockton Malone had that, and they were able to bring in some pieces around them to, you know, be competitive and made a couple of trips to the to the NBA Finals. Uh, so they were they were able to you know be you know, year in and year out consistently top three or four team in the Western Conference. And so you're you're going to have to Salt Lake is one of those markets that you're gonna have to build it through the draft. So uh he's got a bunch of picks. You know, you throw it all against the wall, something's liable to stick. So uh I can see why they're doing that and getting that expired contract. Um you know the one thing that I will say is and I don't know if it's gonna start or how they're gonna do it, but it is going to allow Russ to play more on the ball. Um, this, and I lay this at LeBron and Anthony Davis's feet, uh, this Russell Westbrook trade, I've said this multiple times, it shouldn't have happened. Um, I love his energy and love what he brings, but it shouldn't have happened. It wasn't a good fit for the Lakers organization. You know that LeBron is going to be uh, ball dominant and on the ball all the time. And so to bring another guy who has spent most of his career being on the ball and expect him late in his career to pl- to play off the ball and kind of change what he does and still be productive, that's a tall, tall task. That's a big ask of him. And it didn't work, which is why Darvin Ham at least had the hindsight to say, you know what, like, or the foresight to say, we're going to have to put you on the second unit. Um, and that's where he was able to be uh, most effective. I mean, listen, him and – him and LeBron on the court at the same time, 
is a lot like trying to mix oil and water. You know, Kyrie's a, a ball-dominant guard, but Kyrie's a good shooter and a good ball handler and could play off the ball. Uh, D'Angelo Russell can play off the ball. Um, he, you know, really kind of had some uh, definite production in Golden State and kind of helped them keep their head above water when they had injuries to Clay and, and Steph and different people on that team. And then, of course, they were able to – uh, take advantage of that production and flip him for Andrew Wiggins, and we saw what Wiggins was able to do for them last year. Um, but D'Angelo is a better shooter than Westbrook. Uh, he can play off the ball. He's uh, fairly solid on the defensive end. Uh, D'Angelo Russell was a guy that I was actually kind of sad to see leave from the Lakers, and there was talk uh, before he signed in <clears throat> Golden State. There was talk at that time about the Lakers possibly bringing him back. I know that he's been there before. <clears throat> I know that it didn't necessarily work out. This kid was, you know, came out after his freshman year. as a one-and-done type kid coming in. He got in the big beef with uh, Nick Young because he, you know, ratted Swaggy P out on, you know, messing around on Iggy or whatever, and all that kind of went down. And so uh, his immaturity showed at the time. Um, this is a few years later. I feel like he's he kind of revived his career a little bit in Brooklyn. He goes to Golden State now in Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota had to shake that roster up a little bit because they were underachieving. Uh, Malik Beasley kind of been around the game for a little while. To your point, uh, he's <clears throat> Beasley and Vanderbilt are better pieces than what they have. Vanderbilt still very very young too, um, and so. You know, if LeBron says he's had enough and he's mad because they didn't get Kyrie or if they decide that LeBron eventually wants out of there, you at least have a few pieces to sort of start figuring out what you're going to do next. Um, To your point, Barry, I think that this roster is better than it was a month ago. It's still not very good, um, but it's a little bit better than it was. I feel like you got very limited resources because you allowed the players to to play GM and you kind of, you know, acquiesced to them instead of saying, okay, I hear you, but that's not what we're going to do. Our team's going to be better if we do this and go get, you know, Heald and Rosen or a couple of DeRozan or a couple other guys uh, instead of Westbrook. The roster probably would have been better and they would have had a better future. But, you know, this team is going to go six years now before they get another first-round draft pick. So uh, a couple of these guys better work, and if uh, if they don't, they better hope they can do some things with uh, with free agency in the future. But, I, you know, I see for the Jazz why they just got rid of the expiring – they just took on the expiring contract. I, I see ways in which maybe it can help some of these teams, but it's not a uh, it's not a trade to where you definitely look at it and say, oh, these teams really got a lot better, or this really moves the needle – for any of these franchises, I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't see Russell playing very long for the Jazz. Uh, and not like he would be flipped and traded. I think they'll buy him out, to be honest with you. Like, there's like, what? He's got like a $46, $47 million contract. You're halfway through it. And they'll just buy him out for the other half and call it a day. Get that cap space. Uh, maybe I, I don't think they would do a stretch, but um, 
I don't see him playing for the Jazz much longer. But, yeah, I think the Lakers did get marginally better. I think they're better than what they were before. Um, as they're, you know, so, you know they they lost to TP's uh, Thunder last night. Um, while historically LeBron did, you know, did pass the record. But, yeah, it's it's they need a lot of help. These are three bodies that they didn't have before. Like I said, uh, Russell is um, – you know, career high in field goal percentage and three-point percentage, two things the Lakers just desperately need it. They need three-point shooters, spacers that can play off LeBron. And I think, you know, I think Russell, Russell can do that. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Very interesting trade. Crazy stuff happening. Um, call it number 929-4772. You know, uh, sorry. <laughs> I was going too fast, TP. 929-477-2759. On the caller's cookout, TP time with Mr. Harvey, the villain himself. So, I mean, listen, um, we talked enough about the Laker trade. Um, you know, if you guys want to keep going, let me know. But, you know, I definitely want to get into LeBron um, making history last night, passing uh, the great, uh, the captain. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the all-time scoring list. I think I don't know if if anybody thought that that record would be shattered. I think when me and TP were younger, um, Karl Malone had got close, but you know didn't didn't quite get there. And then later on, Kobe Bryant got really close as well. But that was a record that stood for years. Seven people have had the all-time scoring record. Kareem broke it from um, Wilt Chamberlain. Um, in 84 and held that record since then, uh, added to it with his sky hook. And now alone at the top of the scoring um, scoring list, all-time leading scorer in NBA history. TP Timeless, I got to come to you. It's, it's crazy because it happened against your team. So I know you're watching as a fan of your team, but then, you know, you're watching history being made. LeBron was needed 36 to get that record and, and had that in the third quarter. Um, what's the significance of LeBron holding that record, and where do you where does that put him? Uh, you know, all the accolades that he has in his career, where does that put him um, all time? This is his biggest feat right here. This is his uh, biggest feat to accomplish. Um, I don't think nobody's gonna break this record unless somebody clearly is healthy and um, is a great shooter. Because now the NBA is turning into a, like a three point league, like. I know they're probably slowly transition back to, like, big men getting involved, but, like, this is becoming guard-centric, and um, you're going to need a guard to play at least 24 seasons. You know, like, Luka's continuing to get hurt. Like, that's a name that I could throw in there because Luka came to the, the NBA fairly young. Um, I can't even really think of a name right now. Probably we're not going to see the guy until – the NBA probably lowers the league standard back to coming straight out of high school if they can do it, which I doubt that uh, Adam Silver pulls that trigger because there's so many different avenues uh, players and kids can do, uh, especially coming out of high school. So it's going to be tough, and especially the way that LeBron's built now. He just caught the record at this point in time. And to me, LeBron could play at least two to four more seasons, at the least, like he could do it. And he, he doesn't look like he's slowing down or people are, are defending him where he can't get to any spot on the floor like he wants to, and let alone he's become a, a three-point shooter at this point in time too. So he's able to crush this. I think he'll end up probably around like 44,000, 45,000 points, uh, depending on how many seasons he plays because you've got to give or take. He's going to average at least twelve to 15,000, maybe 2,000 points a season. So – 
Um, it's going to be hard for somebody to click. This is probably his biggest feat. A lot of the championship runs he went on, uh, people respect it because it's him for him to accomplish things, but also looking at the situation of him being on a team and trying to do it like well-built compared to him being in Cleveland in the first stint and carrying that team to getting swept, so on and so forth. I think this is his biggest feat that nobody could take away from him. His championships, like people can question them and him getting a built-up roster in Miami or watching Cleveland build up and make things happen there and watching them stack up L.A. at that point in time for the bubble situation. This one is the accomplishment of him withstanding everything that was thrown at him and having to make do of whatever was in front of him, whether it was the legends of Kareem or Michael Jordan or whomever may be the, the GOAT that we may think of. He's now cemented his situation at, at best top five, top ten, however we look at it. And um, I can't take too much away from LeBron at this point in time, but this is an incredible thing to look at and watch it from start to, to now. I can't even say finish it. It hasn't finished. I've seen it from when he played that first game against Sacramento until this point in time right now, and it doesn't look like he's stopping. And he, he's dedicated to playing with his son somehow, some way. So this is an incredible feat, LeBron. I definitely got to tip my hat to catching uh, Captain Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That, that's a hell of a feat. Yeah, I mean, when he says that he never thought of this, he never dreamed of it, like, you know it was the truth. You know, he was about his, you know, being the king, legacy, and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think, you know, anybody kind of thought he set out to play his career so that he could break this record. Like, he wanted to play, you know, take care of his body, longevity, and all that stuff. But nobody thought that, or he even thought that he could eclipse this record. Nobody thought anybody could. Um you know, it's 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 something that I had never never thought that would be associated with him. Uh, or it's it's a tribute to him, his longevity, playing since he was 18 years old, playing for 20 years at a high level, um, no slippage really, right? So, um, you know, it, 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 everything you can think of, it, it really kind of highlights how. I, I don't know, you know, we're, I, I give him a lot of crap, right? You know, I, I hate on LeBron and, you know, you know, some of it's out of fun, some of it out, out of hurt because he never came to my Knicks, but, you know, looking at it, why would anybody want to come to my Knicks, right? So, um, but at the end of the day, you know, real recognized, real, I respect the fact that he's one of the great players of all time. Um, you know, and, and this is something that as a fan, like you would thought you would never see. So you got to kind of cherish it and, you just it, it is true you're going to miss him when he's gone type of thing you know we kind of take his his greatness for granted and you're not going to see anybody like him um for a very long time um you know so it it's it's something that as a fan i i do kind of tip my cap and and and, and give him all the accolades give him all the praise at this point cuz he does deserve it and you know it's this isn't a record that like I said, anybody thought that anybody would eclipse and, you know, for him to do it, credit for it, you know. And I think his legacy was stamped a long time ago, but I think, you know, his legacy as being one of the great players of all time, um, definitely the greatest all-around player we've ever seen is definitely stamped. So um, congratulations to him. Um, Mike, I mean, what do you think about LeBron breaking the record uh, last night? So, I mean <clears> – <throat> It's an incredible accomplishment. 
it's a record that we didn't think would ever see fall. I mean, I kind of felt like that too. I mean, and you think about it like it's kind of a once in a lifetime type thing. I don't, I don't know that we'll ever see that touched again. You know, this is something that basically lasted for 39 years and a lot of us are not much older than that. Right. Um, and, and I think what to me makes it more impressive in some ways is that he's not really a score first type player. He scores a lot, but you're talking about a guy who is fourth all time now in assists. Uh, so to me, when you put those two things together, that's remarkable. And he's playing at a very high level at this age. I, I can't think of, you know, just kind of flashing back through my, through my memories. Can't think of many basketball players that were able to play at this high of a level at 40 years old consistency, not just like flashes. Like, I mean, you think of like Kobe Bryant's last night, he started off two for 15 and then Later in the game, like as the game went on, you kind of saw the the old Mamba come back out. But that was like a flash, and you only really saw that once that last season. Now he, you know, came off some injuries. Uh, but to your point, this is a testament to uh, longevity. This is a testament to him, you know, uh, doing a good job taking care of his body and being able to really stay healthy. Um, and it's a testament to um, – the level, the high level in which he's been able to play, you know, for 20 years, basically, right? So um, you can't take away that from him. It, it's an extremely impressive feat. You know, there are some other things about LeBron that, to me, change his legacy a little bit um, and kind of and, and and kind of I don't know tarnish uh, his greatness to an extent. I think he's top five or top ten as time has said. If you want to put it of all time, he's not. You know, people want to say goat and all this kind of stuff, and there's a lot of talk about that. He's not at that. To me, he's not the best I've ever seen. He's not the best ever. Um, and and I don't know. Uh, to me, you could you could make an argument if you were going to have that goat conversation. Uh, you could make a, a, a very strong argument for Michael Jordan. You could also make a, an, a very very strong argument for the man that he just passed on the uh, scoring list as well. And it, it saddened me last night to hear in a couple of different spaces, even uh, some people sort of having some disrespectful things to say about uh, Kareem in the, in the aftermath of this. And there's no place for that, right? Like have some respect for the people that came before you. LeBron sure did. I mean, he, he showed respect to Kareem. And I say this and it, it, and some of this lays at at his feet. It's sad to see him playing at such a high level on such a bad basketball team. Um, It's just, uh, it's definitely sad to, sad to see, but, you know, all credit, man. The guy's playing at a very high level at an advanced age um, and doing it each and every night. And, you know, you look at, at last night, they, they obviously didn't win that game. 
And it wasn't necessarily through uh, a lack of effort on on the part of LeBron James. I've always kind of had an issue with the sort of King moniker, even early on in his career. Um, but, and I think the last thing that I'll say real quick is, this is a guy who, to be honest with you, I feel like the burden of expectation um, and was was very, very heavy for for him the moment he stepped in the league. We hadn't really seen even those, those high school games or as many uh, high school games by one player televised and that kind of stuff. There, there was a big uh, burden and a lot to live up to uh, that he kind of took on even when he first uh, came into the league. And there are a lot of really good players and, and a lot of men that would have buckled under that kind of pressure. So for him to maintain, for him to improve as a player and for him to still be playing at this high of a level, um, you can't do anything but tip your hat and, and say congratulations, big dog, for that accomplishment. Uh, it's definitely something special. I don't know if we'll ever see it again, and I feel lucky to have seen it in my lifetime. Yeah, I mean, um, it, it is an accomplishment. It is, it is, it's a feat, man, that, you know, like, we never, it's those records that you never thought would be broken, right? Like, uh, you know, the home run records or anything like that. So, the rushing record by Emmett Smith, so um, it's it's crazy to, to to think about that LeBron is 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 the scoring champ. I mean, TP, um, I, I you know we talked about it a little bit maybe a week or two ago. Um, you know, LeBron's uh, legacy and his impact as a scorer and all that stuff. I mean, I personally don't see him as the greatest scorer of all time. I think he's the all-time leading scorer, but I don't see him as the greatest scorer. I mean, even though he's top five average per game, I just don't, you know, I see him as such a complete player that was asked to do everything on the team, facilitate, rebound, everything, defend to. Um, I, I don't see him just as a scorer. Uh, I think Michael Jordan is the greatest scorer uh, I've ever seen and, and the greatest scorer in the league. But um, with LeBron getting this, this uh, scoring record, does it that, will it change people's mind about who's the goat? I mean, a lot of people already have him as the goat. Um, does, does, I don't know if it changes your mind, but does it change? Would it change? Does the argument get weaker that it or stronger for LeBron to be the goat, or weaker for Kareem or Jordan to be the goat? I don't think his statistics make him the goat. He has more to do. And um, to be honest, um, the way that things look, you know, like um, he's not getting better, like, all around. He's getting better, like, on what he can accumulate. And for the past two or three seasons, he's been stat padding. I hate to even call him out like that because I like trying to leave that conversation alone. But this is what's been happening. It'll be games where the Lakers will be down 20 or 30 points in the third quarter. He's in the game trying to make it happen, and he's not budging the scoreboard at all. So it's like – get him out of there, but the good thing about him is his body's so durable that he can deal with a lot of it, but he'll end up with a 35-point night and a losing effort, and he lost by 17 or better. So the one thing that I, I'm i holding against him is he has four championships out of ten tries, right? And there's so many people that have gotten championships on his watch, like Steph Curry's eye to eye with him. They both got four. Yeah. And this was all in front of LeBron. So it's like – I don't know how I could look at him being the GOAT where he, he to me, 
if he put himself in a situation, he'd have to be six and six, right, for championship total to be five hundred. You see what I'm saying? Like he's under five hundred yeah. in you know, finals appearances or whatever. And the Lakers don't look good the way that he wanted it to be constructed. So this is the bet that he made, and he was able to do it while he was younger, while he was in Miami, and also watching Cleveland kind of buckle down and making things happen in Cleveland. But in L.A., the way that he made it happen is more or less a bet that, you know, he wanted to be comfortable in. And it's it's comfortable, you know, at hindsight. It's not comfortable to be, I think, 13th in the West. Like, this isn't what people – you know, ideally look at the Lakers to look like for him to be a goat. Listen, for him to be a goat, he's under 500. He's 13th in the West, and they don't look like they're gonna get better, especially with the people that they're bringing there. You can't even think of any of the goats that have finished their career under 500 consecutively like this. You have a situation where um, back to back, he was 33 and 49 last year. They're five games under 500. D'Angelo Russell's going to have to get acclimated to the team and then start to, you know, he should be used to the rim by now from how many games he's played there and also when he was on the team himself. But it's going to it's going to take a lot, and let alone they gave up another pick. So you mean to tell me that the Lakers gave up their 2027 first-round pick, so they're another year down too. So this, this is a lot for LeBron to have to shoulder at 38 going into 39. He's going to be 39 this December. So, um, it's great that his body's durable to make it happen. Of course, he's in a discussion, but I, I throw a lot of names that he'd have to fight with. Like, like I still Tim Duncan for him to spend his twenty years in San Antonio and make them a powerhouse. You still hear the word San Antonio Spurs? You think of Tim Duncan still to this day? Like the Lakers, you don't think right. of LeBron as a Laker. You think of Magic or Kareem as a Laker or Kobe. Like these are names that are in yeah. that go conversation. Or and and definitely, if you think of the Chicago Bulls, I don't even have to say the name. So. Like, LeBron don't even have a, a humble house to think of, like, more or less the Cleveland, and that's where he came from and made it happen. He had to go back there to get the championship and left because he was getting pummeled. He left when he got swept. He He's the only person I can think of that got swept twice in the finals. Twice. Like, yeah. this is a GOAT. You know, like, like, Cole wasn't like this. Mike never was like this. Like, And this is at the end of his career when it should be getting better or he learning the intricacies of how people defend him or the team, and the team is – all underneath him, even the head coaches, even the GMs, like the only person that's in front of him is his, more or less the bus family. So, of course, he's an awesome player, go, I mean, a great legend. But, like, I, there's names that they are definitely debatable if you've watched basketball longer than 1992. Like, if it, if it goes before 92, then you know there's names that LeBron has to fight through. Like, it, that's just me. That's That's how I feel. But... Other people, especially the younger generation, are going. They've only seen the past twenty some odd years of, of basketball. They're going to say LeBron, but and, and you, I think, twenty five years ago is when Mike played. So if they're thirty, they they weren't they weren't aware of Michael Jordan. They they heard about it. They read it in Google and things like that. So uh, it, it's a tough discussion. But I don't I don't think he eclipses a lot. I got a good amount of names that are in front of LeBron just because of what they brought to respect the teams and things of that nature. Right. I mean, who's your top KD five? Or, um, to me, right, right now, as of right now, or at the end of the day? Yeah, yeah. Because as of right now, as, as, as of right now, wait, wait, I wait. go Mike, Mike, Kareem, Magic, Tim, Kobe. Really? 
Yes. I never knew you had T- uh, Tim Duncan in your top five. That's 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 interesting. I never knew that. Um, that's the that's the best power forward of all time, and this dude played absolutely. for twenty years. One organization did not complain. He could have complained and left San Antonio a long time ago. So picture, and I can't even really pick on no team because the Spurs were a powerhouse when he was playing. But it's like picture him, like year one going to the Bulls or saying something like that. So that that's right. how I feel, man. It, it's an incredible feat for what. Tim was able to bring the San Antonio with Pop and make a Pop a household name because after Tim Duncan left, look at Pop now. Pop struggling to stay afloat. Pop, they're, they're actually looking for a coach like Becky Hammond to take his spot after he leaves. Like, that that's incredible that Tim was able to do that while Dave Robinson was there. Dave Robinson was there for the first championship in 99 against your Knicks, and Tim stole the show. And in the second championship, Tim was so strong, Dunk, um, Dave Robinson was on the bench during that finals run in uh, 03 against the, the Nets. So Duncan was able to bring a lot to the table and to be considered. And I, I got to give it up as the best power forward ever, as the best power forward ever, too. So there's a lot that goes with Tim Duncan. There's a lot. And he, and he defends. So, yeah, Tim Tim is a big name for me. He's a factor for sure. That's interesting. I mean, listen, Tim is definitely in my top – top 10 and I used to get kind of black for it that I had Tim above Kobe um and I'm like Kobe is the second best shooting guard of all time Tim Duncan's the best power power forward of all time like I don't you know what I mean and they both got five chips um and but Duncan's got two MVPs and I think Kobe's got one so I'm like I mean what are we talking about here you know what I mean so um yeah, it's it, it's an interesting conversation, Mike. I'm, let me get your opinion on it. I I know we have a, a call in queue. I want to bring him in, but um, does this scoring title um, you know, change people's perception? Um, does it move his legacy up as the goat, or does it not change anything? I think the younger generation, to Thomas's point, um, that did that. If you don't see better, you don't know better. Um, you know are more likely to be prisoner of the moment and put him up there. You know, I've heard people say, now he's our black king and blah, 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 and all this kind of thing. I listen, I respect him. Um, but, you know, my my top five is is very close to Timeless's. I kind of go back and forth on Wilt and Kobe, uh, not having seen Wilt, not sure. Um, but I put Kobe above LeBron, too. Um, I think um, – you know, I look and I see, you know, uh, Kobe, Kevin Durant, Michael Jordan, <clears throat> even Kareem, um, Wilt. All these guys are better pure scorers than LeBron James. Carmelo Anthony was a better pure scorer than than LeBron James. Uh, LeBron James does do a lot of things well, and I think I have to put him in my top ten, uh, but I don't think he cracks my top five. Uh I don't know that I can, um, or even six, maybe seven to me. Um, but like I said, if, if it does, he's definitely a, a legend and he's definitely a, a great player, but, uh, he can't eat the same grass as to me, the two biggest goats of all time. And that is, uh, magic and Kareem. I'm sorry, not magic and Kareem, Michael, Michael and Kareem. Yeah, I mean, for me, Michael is the GOAT. Um, I'll have Kareem at two. LeBron probably gets at three. I have probably Russell at four, Magic at five, Wilt at six, Tim at seven, 
Uh, Bird at eight. Kobe gets at nine. And you have to start considering either Durant or or, or Curry at ten. But I probably have Oscar Robertson at ten and probably get flipped out for for Curry at some point because I gotta respect the the shooter. Uh, but yeah. It's it's a it's an interesting list, you know. It, it 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 moves around. It's a lot of people's opinion. Um, I, I give guys more credit than some. I give guys less credit than others. But this. But uh, I want to bring this call in. Caller, I'll call in from the six eight zero area code. What's your name? Where are you calling from? What? Don't ask me where, what my name is or where I'm calling from. Dude, it's you got like phone. You got like 18 million phone numbers. I can't keep up with you. Well, you're just right. I, I like to call in from different numbers so you think it's somebody else so I can just tell you you're wrong. What, you my baby mama? <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, you owe me some money. Yeah, well, uh, yeah I'm, I'm, all pay, I'm current. I'm current on my payments. Don't, 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 don't even Whatever, man. But, uh, but uh, talk to me, man. Talk to me about uh, LeBron and, and – his his legacy and, and getting that scoring title challenge. I think it proves he's the greatest player of his generation. You know the word context. Um, you know, do, 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 does anyone know what the word context means these days? Anybody? Because no. you consistently fail to provide context in these stupid conversations about great war time. The game has changed generation after generation after generation. So without context, there is no such thing as one player being the greatest of all time. It is literally impossible because the game is not the same. In Wilt's generation, going into, I'd say, Bird and, and Magic, the coaches controlled the game. You didn't take a shot to coach. No matter how big a star you were, a coach could bench you if they wanted because they were the stars of the sport. As evidenced by Van Bredekal benching Wilt Chamberlain, his best player, in a game seven of the NBA Finals just to prove that they didn't need him. Oh, by the way, they lost. <laughs> and nobody batted an eye. You can actually look that up. See, context, facts. Context and facts. Context. Everybody wants some George Brains of all time. Okay. Um, without Jerry Krause going to get the players he got, Jordan would still would have been considered a ridiculously talented guy who never won. Because that was the story on Jordan. It was he's a highlight machine, but you can't win with him. For his first three years. Champion. Okay, and then Jerry Krause said, let me draft this guy, draft this guy, draft this guy, and go get this coach. Had they not done all of that, Jordan doesn't win a championship ever. Context. Context. In this generation of basketball, well, LeBron's generation, this is a newer generation now. In LeBron's generation of basketball, you had high school players coming directly into the NBA. Some successful, some not. More scoring, less defense, things of that nature. He was able to take advantage of the rules as they were 
constructed because, again, if you go back to earlier iterations of this game, you could hit somebody with a two-by-four in the lane, and they wouldn't call a foul. Now, if you breathe on a guy in the lane, it's a flagrant two. They didn't bring the three-point shot in until, I want to say, late 70s, early 80s. Somebody can fact check me on that because y'all know I have brain damage. Yeah, Even then, if if your team took 12 threes a game, that was considered, oh, my God, you simply breathe a shot? What's wrong with them? Now, one guy might have 12 attempts by himself. Context. Context. LeBron is the greatest of his generation. Jordan was the greatest of his generation. Magic, the greatest of his. Doc, the greatest of his. So on and so on and so on. And you can't even really compare them because, again, the rules are different. Will some of these guys still be successful in early iterations? Somewhat, some wouldn't. Steph Curry is never Steph Curry if he's playing in the 70s. You know why? And three-point shots. And basically, they, they can beat you before you get to the basket. They would have killed Curry in the seventies. Yeah, yeah, and and that's not the knocking, but what I'm saying is context matters in these conversations, and it's always lost. And everybody just wants to devolve into, well, you kick. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, Charles Barkley's raised powerful, whatever. Okay, he was six four and jumping over people's heads, Mr. Powell. But again, in that now in Tim Duncan's era, he was raised powerful. And that's, that's the only thing that really bothers me with this, this conversation. Is that's a joke. There's really no joke. way to quantify that's a one joke. over the other. That's there's no joke. way to quantify it. Charles Barkley is better than Tim Duncan? In his era, Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley, in, his era, Charles Barkley in his era was the best power forward. Tim Duncan was the best power forward in his oh, era. Tom Malone was, who's better, the, who's than the, Charles Come on. Malone, was ne- Malone was never better than Barkley. Malone wasn't better than Barkley. Malone wasn't better than Barkley. He put up the numbers. And I'm coaching. Lord, forgive me. Wow. Yo, he put up the numbers that Kareem are putting up. 35,000 points? I don't care how many. Listen, and first of all, I'm never going to give a pedophile. Charles, 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 Charles Wendell was like of a solid eight years. Miss me with Carl Malone, the pedophile. I'm not even entertaining this. This is outside of basketball. This is outside of basketball. Now you're going outside of basketball. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. Lane. That's lame. No, I'm not being fair. No, no, not with that. With that, I'm not being fair. So I'm just going to move on. Miss me with what he's doing off the court. We're talking about what he does on the court. Then I ain't talking about him. So if y'all want to talk about you, can I ain't talking about him. You know why I feel that way. So I'm just going to move on. Okay? But I'll say Duncan was the best of his generation. I will absolutely agree with that. Again, different skill sets, different responsibilities. Duncan had, well, Duncan had help, but that was because he was willing to actually sacrifice his game. Barkley was because Barkley was an extremely selfish and narcissistic player. And that's why Barkley never won. Because had Barkley ever been willing to actually stay with a team and not rush and not you know, BS his way out of town and destroy teams on the way out, maybe he would have won a championship. But and I'm not I'm getting on down a rabbit hole. 
My whole point of this entire conversation is context matters. Context matters. I personally don't believe you can say one player is the best ever because every generation, the game changed. Can, I honest, can you honestly say that Michael Jordan would have been Michael Jordan if he had been playing for some of these coaches in the 60s, 70s, and 80s? No, a lot of them know. Jordan never would have got a shot with some of those coaches. Y'all know that. You know, with, with the team you were drafted to, all that stuff matters. All of that matters. Along with guys who were just as talented but couldn't, but couldn't stay sober. The Roy Tarpleys of the world, the David Thompsons of the world. You know, if you talk, because how are you going to quantify? You going to quantify numbers? Because I know and watched guys who athletically were just as athletically gifted as Michael Jordan. Athletically gifted, just as gifted, but they were more interested in partying and, and doing nonsense than they were in playing basketball. So people don't remember them. I remember Roy Tarpley at seven foot one leading the break for the Dallas Mavericks when I was unheard of in that era. I remember because I saw it. Now a seven footer leading the break, no problem. That's what's supposed to happen. Positionless basketball. Remember when Don Nelson got crucified for saying that? I do. I remember when they said Don Nelson was a clown for saying that there should be such a thing as a point forward. I remember that. So context matters. If this person is your goat, that's fine. You're allowed to have your goat. But we devolve into this I'm right, you're wrong thing, which is fun. It's fun. But none of us are right. None of us are right. As somebody said to me in a text as I was going back and forth with, I'm entitled to my opinion, you're entitled to yours. Neither one is wrong. Neither one is also right. Because we can't factually prove it. Because if you want to do just strictly championships, then Bill Russell's the greatest winner ever. That means Bill Russell's the GOAT if you just want championships, because he won 11. If you want to go greatest basketball player, you're probably going to say Kareem because he never lost. He won in high school. He won. The man was, was undefeated in college. No, he lost one game his entire collegiate career. One game. One. One. Think about that for a minute. He lost one game. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? <laughs> Four years in college, you lose one game. So, context. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is context. Ty, you and I can have a conversation offline about that other thing. Like, I apologize for that, but you know you know how I get with certain things, and I do apologize because I, I don't even like hearing that dude's name. I really don't. Um, no, I know that, man. No, I, I, I agree. I, I, I hate saying anything, but I got I to, gotta, on the court, I got I to gotta give him his props, you know what I mean, like, you know. It's just like when people want to talk junk about Michael Vick, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, you know, you, your opinions be damned. Like, he was a great player. What are you going to do? But, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's all subjective. It's it's just a fun conversation to have about who's the GOAT and, you know, 
you bring up good points about errors are different. To me, I don't give a damn about errors. Not to be disrespectful to you, Chandler, but like I'll, Jordan's my guy. That's my guy, and, and I'll, I'll never back off. Him. Uh, but you know, it, it, it is hard to put into context Le- LeBron's error versus you know Kobe's error versus Jordan's error versus Kareem's and versus Bird and Magic and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's really it's really where who you saw. Who made the most impact? I saw Jordan, right? You know, I, I you know, there's things that he did that he, he didn't think were humanly possible, and you know, he was a he wasn't a winner for the first part of his career, and then you know, only lost one playoff series in eight years. You know what I mean? Like that counts for something. So, um, you know, it, it, it's all it's all subjective. But calling number nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. Cooking here, cooking tonight, cooking, cooking on the callers cookout. Uh, the villain versus timeless. Got timeless. Got Mr. Harvey. Got Chandler in the building. Always good to hear his voice. Um, I, I want to talk about uh, Kyrie Irving. Um, I think he's making his debut tonight. If I'm not mistaken, correct me if I'm wrong. My big brother um, making his debut for the Dallas Mavericks uh, at 10 o'clock uh, against the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. So um, he was traded from Brooklyn uh, to Dallas. Uh, Dallas gets uh, Kyrie and uh, Marquise Morris. Uh, the the map the the sorry the map the Nets they get uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. They get you know uh, they get Smith and they get some you know they get some picks and now you know they're in position to try to to rebuild around. Uh, Kevin Durant, who's currently sidelined with an MCL sprain, uh, but they hope to get him back shortly after the All-Star break. So, um, TP, you could talk, you break down the trade if you want, but you could break down the impact. And, uh, how do you think uh, Kyrie's going to play tonight, uh, first game with Luka Doncic um, in Dallas? Well, Luka's out. I think Kyrie is scheduled to start, um, but I think this is going to be a rough one because they play the Clippers. Um, and the Clippers are actually finding their stride. And if Kawhi and, and Paul George put it together, they, this is a personal matchup for them going up against the Mavericks. This has become a rivalry ever since more or less Luka has come to the league. So they're going to take this matchup seriously. I, I don't think they'll let up on Kyrie. Kyrie may have an electric game. He may have a couple of electric plays, but I think the Mavericks do end up coming up short, especially without Luka on the floor. Um I'm hoping, I'm going to say this like this, I love basketball to death, like my heart is involved with the sport. I'm hoping that this clears the air for Kyrie. Kyrie, if there's any more mess out of you outside of this, then it's like now you are literally the issue. Like, I get it. Everybody has thrown darts, so on and so forth, and there's some truth to his side. There's, there's a lot of truth to what everybody else brings to the table. At the end of the day, hopefully you're comfortable down there in Dallas Everybody's trying to be accommodating, including Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban's doing everything that he can. Jay's a kid actually said it and requested that he want to do down there in Dallas. So this is something outside of just the player relationship of you and Kevin Durant trying to make something happen in Brooklyn. Hopefully you can make this happen well enough that Dallas is a threat again. I don't think Dallas gets back to the Western Conference Finals, even though that was interesting enough that they did make it last season. But, um... Kyrie definitely has to make some change down there and doesn't have to deal with the real big market of New York on his back or Boston on his back. It's, it's almost like he's back in Cleveland, but Dallas is a big city. So um, I'm hoping that it's all right with him up in Dallas, but I think it's going to take time and 
for me, I definitely want to see him and Luca on the floor together because they both are the same type of guard to me. I think both of them have to dribble the ball and, and make things happen if they're going to the rim because, to me, I feel like Kyrie has the best layup package in basketball, period. I don't care if they're playing in Lithuania, Poland, the North Pole, Antarctica, nobody laying the ball up better than Kyrie. He has a crossover that nobody has like that in the league also. And Luka's similar to that. Luka doesn't have a crossover, but he's either going to get to the lane or pull up for three, and that's something that Kyrie does. So hopefully Kyrie doesn't grow frustrated if they do start losing games because they have to figure out their chemistry, especially with the pieces that they do have. So I'm wishing the best of Kyrie. Hopefully he can close out his career the best that he can because he's in the early portion of his 30s. It's not looking good to a lot of people out there, but this dude is one of the better uh, talented players in the league. Forget it. He's at least top three, top five point guard in the league. I say top three, but people are begging to differ. I love the debate, but I, I still feel like he has a good amount of energy in that tank, at least for a couple seasons. But we'll see if he's content in Dallas. I'm hoping that Jason Kidd could make this happen with one point guard mind going to the other two while they're on the floor. This is going to be very entertaining in the Western Conference. In the words of Bart Scott, ooh, I can't wait. Do you think these two can play together, TP? I have to see it, but to ask me, I don't think so. But I, I, I like the idea that they're trying to make it happen. I think Jason Kidd has a great IQ about basketball, and both of these guys are hard to guard in one-on-one coverages. But I I think Kyrie may end up growing frustrated if he's not getting the ball like he's used to. So, it's going to be tough, especially while they're doing this at the latter part of the season. But these boys are both – they're both special, talented, and hard to guard. So things can happen, but I don't think it's going to happen, especially with the Western Conference as loaded as it is. Right. Uh, we'll see. I, I don't see it. I, I think I think they can play off each other, but I think it will be very hard. Lucas got to give up a lot of his game. Uh, he holds the ball, dominates the ball late in the shot clock. He's got to give it up early and let the offense run. He just kind of – when he passes it to you, it's like he's passing it to you to shoot. He's not passing it to you to, to, to dribble like Kyrie would. So it's going to be a switch for him. But Kyrie can play off. You know, I think he's better as a number two option on a team with LeBron or, or KD. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it works. Uh, Chandler, I'll, I'll come to you since you're the new voice in here. Um, do you think this can work? And what's the ceiling for this Mavs team now that they got uh, Luka and Kyrie? And if you want to lament on his time in Brooklyn, uh, be my guest. I, we've talked enough about his time in Brooklyn. He's a clown. Um, Manuel Quickly's better, Ty. No. <laughs> <laughs> he said Manuel Quickly. Shout out to my Nick. No, um, um, oh, they just traded for Josh Hart, by the way. Um I don't think it'll work That's a good because I, I wanted to talk about that. <laughs> okay. I don't know who they gave up, so but I don't think it works I think because I'm reddish. Oh Jesus Christ. you know what? Let me stay on let me stay on topic before my head explodes because <laughs> I want Tom Kimball fired. I want him fired right now. Um what was it? Jesus, I lost my whole train of thought. Oh, I don't think it works because Jason Kidd already had to feel the need to say it's Lucas' team. See, the problem for me with Mr. Irving is his narcissism. As a, On the court, I'm talking about. I ain't, I ain't talking no, no off court. I'm talking on the court. His narcissism and his something he said in that press conference, 
I want to be somewhere I'm celebrated. Dude, that's all people do. It's about how yeah. great you are. That's all they do. But that's not enough for him. It's never been enough. So in that press conference, by the way, I never once heard him say that I'm here to help Luca. I never once heard him say, I'll do what I have to do to help this team win. If that means I play off the ball, that means let's just – I've never heard him say that, ever. Um, and, okay, they may not be on the same level in your eyes. Well, C.J. McCollum got the New Orleans, right? What did he say in his press conference? I mean, it helped these guys win whatever they need me to do. You know, I'm not here looking to, to, to shine. I'm here to help this team win. So if it's Zion's team, well, I don't care what team it is, I want to win, right? Um, again, guys that may not be in his um, – Notoriety equivalent, but Chris Bosh was was you know Chris Bosh was was a was a guy of some note, right? Got to Miami, said, "Listen, if y'all just want me to rebound and, and and that that's what I'll do. I'm here to help this team win." We've seen guys go to other teams. When Kevin Durant went to went to Golden State, what did he say? He said, "I'm here to help this team win, whatever they need me to do." What did Kyrie say? I want to be celebrated. I felt disrespected. I, 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 I. I never heard a we in that press conference. I, I ain't hearing we. I never heard him talk about. I never heard him talk about winning. Right? I never heard that. I didn't hear any of that. So, oh, I see the same guy. I see a guy who needs the ball. He needs to dribble it for twenty out of twenty-four seconds, and then he'll have a shot. He's gonna pass it. Well, that's the same thing Luca does. The reason Luca and Porzingis did not get along, aside from the, 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 the nationality piece, which people didn't want to talk about, was the fact that Porzingis was like, dude, can I, can I get a couple shots? I'd like to shoot the ball too. So what happens? So either you're never going to play them on the court together, right, which means that Kyrie's never on the floor in the fourth quarter late, or Kyrie, go stand in the corner, or you're going to do is shoot threes. How'd that work out for Melo? <laughs> How'd that work out for him when he went to Houston? And he said, go stand in the corner. Because James Harden's going to dribble the ball for 23 and a half seconds. He's going to pass you and you just jack up a shot. That's your role. I don't see how this works. Um, yes, he will be on his best behavior probably for his first 20 games. And then around game 25 is when we're going to hear something that people are going to say, oh, no, 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 it's just a misunderstanding. Watch and see. I give it 25 games. Um, and then we're going to start hearing how Kyrie likes playing there, but he's really looking forward to going to L.A. next year. I don't see this working because, again, I still have yet to hear this man talk about sacrificing his game for the betterment of others. I've never heard him talk about it, ever, no matter where he's been. So, it, you know what I'm saying? If this is who you are, this is who you are. Kyrie Irving has told us who he is. Why don't we believe him? I think we do believe him. That's the problem. I didn't want to talk about, like, him, you know, in his time. Listen, his time in Brooklyn was a disaster. It was an utter failure. And for him to come out in that that press conference and be completely tone deaf and completely, you know, just, like, oblivious to what he did and just, like, kind of paint the picture like he was disrespected, like, give me a break, dude. It's an absolute joke. I mean, like <laughs> – 
Uh, it's like everything he said was like completely wrong and the opposite. Like, you know, I, I never felt respected. Uh, yeah. Like, you, you know, I did everything I was asked to do. Uh, you know, they're, they're in fourth place. I was, I was a leader of good team. Like what? Like you left your boy, you, you convinced your boy to go to Brooklyn instead of the Knicks because you want to complete control. And then you requested trade out of there. Like, what are we talking about, man? Like, it, it's sad. It's sad that he actually believes it. You know, and he's not a bad person. He's just he's just selfish. He's selfish. And it, it, the only reason you wanted to trade is because you wanted your money. And that nobody was going to pay you your money. The Nets were not going to pay you. I, if I were the Nets, I, I would never pay them. I would never give them an extension. Why would I give them an extension? They put that stupid provision in the contract that the one year would be guaranteed if he wins a, con- a, a, a a championship because they knew he wouldn't sign it. It was just like if you damn if you do, damn if you don't. Like if he doesn't sign it, fine. If he signs it, we got we don't, we don't have to pay this guy. So it's like it, it was a sucker move, but the guy did it for money. Mr. Harvey, talk to me about Kyrie Irving who uh, started his Mavs career uh, tonight uh, against the Clippers. When you feel like that you've been the victim of disrespect or slight and it's happened in multiple locations, there comes a time that you got to look in the mirror sometimes and say, well, is it me in some of these situations? Uh, you know, he came off the – he played off the ball with LeBron and they made it work. Um, he is better than number two option. He's a tremendous ball handler. Um, he's got a ton of skill. We talked about this before, Tim and I, and TP all kind of talked about this. Um, and I think there has been some talk over the last couple of seasons about Dallas wanting to have Luca play off the ball a little bit more. Uh, now, I haven't heard as much of that since Kid came in, but there was talk about possibly having Luca play off the ball a little bit. Uh, what I can tell you is the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks was a quintessential point guard and one of the best to do it. He ran an offense. He knew how to elevate the guys around him. Um, he you know, went to the finals a couple times. You know, fell short of the big prize, but um, was was a very accomplished point guard um, in this league. So, if there's a guy to be able to figure it out and how we're going to balance this out with two guys uh, that are ball dominant, how we can make it work, I think kids the guy to sort of uh, navigate those waters. Uh, the the deal is is you have to have buy-in from both guys. And both guys, as you said, have to be willing to sort of uh, – I mean, we talked about this with Duncan earlier. have to be willing to sacrifice some of their game um, in order to make it work sometimes. you got to meet in the middle somewhere. Um, nothing that I heard from that press conference or anything that I've seen from uh, Kyrie Irving says that he is willing to do any of that. I mean, he wants to just shine as much as he can and be celebrated and whatever. And, uh, you know, 
it's it's an old old adage, and we've heard it a bunch of times. And so, uh, pardon me for reusing it here, but how many times have we heard that saying? And we heard it even as kids. There's no I in team. Uh, and that's that's one of the things that just kept crossing my mind as I heard the press conference. <clears throat> I think he's got the skill set to make it work. I think that Lucas got a pretty high basketball IQ as well. And I think if, if both of them want to buy in and collaborate together and allow themselves to be coached by a good basketball mind and Jason Kidd, I think that it can work. I just don't know that Kyrie's going to be flexible enough to really make it work. And to TP's point, though, I feel like this is kind of his his last shot to really prove that he can really be an asset uh, to a team and be more than an extremely, extremely selfish player. I mean, there's no I and T, but you know, Kobe would say there's a me in that mug, you know. <laughs> but um, you know, listen, um, it, it's I just I I listen, I hope the best for him. Just play some basketball. Hopefully, somebody's gonna give him his money. You know, somebody's gonna give it to him. So they might as well, um, you know, if you're not gonna get in in in, uh, in Brooklyn, you might as well get it somewhere else. But you know, don't tell me that it's about being happy. You wanted your money. You you, you turned down a contract, um, you know, for COVID reasons or whatever, and now um, you turned down the extension, and now they weren't gonna give it to you. I would never give it to you. And what are we talking about here? Man? Like it, it was about the money. But I mean, TP, it was. Real quick, and then I, I, I wanted to kind of pivot, but is is this Brooklyn experiment the biggest failure in NBA history? Um, even going to, like, we're talking KD, James Harden, Kyrie, and then, you know, now with Ben Simmons, who I'm sure they're trying to move, but nobody's going to want that contract. Um, is this the biggest, like, failure that we've seen in, in, in basketball? I say in recent history, yes, is this is probably the best that I could think of as a, the worst situation ever. You had two MVPs, and they've already had the award, and a great talent in Kyrie who definitely had MVP aspirations to make this happen. The worst part about it, though, they all got injured at the wrong time, especially in the playoffs when they all got hurt. Um, Harden pulled his hamstring, and then Kyrie rolled his ankle, and everything went bad, especially when they had the Bucks on the ropes. And with that happening, I gave Giannis all the momentum to go get the championship, and he did. And um, after that, I think everybody kind of grew frustrated. Harden wanted out immediately. KD wanted out and Kyrie all wanted out at the same time. And um, I I put a little bit at at the feet of Steve Nash and that management. And um, if you guys don't know about the management or the ownership in Brooklyn, please do your research on this and read more into it because the owner – uh, Cy, all of them, it, it, it's crazy. And for them to actually go after a coach as Steve Nash, they had no coaching prowess at all before this to handle those type of personalities. When those personalities were bigger than him and seen bigger lights than him, you were already in a, a you know, going uphill with no leg situation. So um, this is a very bad situation. I'm trying to, like, race my brain through, like, some of the best teams put together, and, and I can't. So right now, I want to say as of the past, 25 years, I give this Brooklyn experiment a – this is the F-minus ever. Like, this this is the worst that I could think of, especially with the talent of Kyrie, Harden, 
Kevin Durant being one of the best top two players in the league, top five if you want to put it that way. And Ben Simmons, you brought him in because he didn't want to play basketball. Now you try to get him to play basketball. He still doesn't want to play basketball. And and is six eleven and get thirty plus million a year to do what? This is incredible management going on in Brooklyn. Um, I really feel bad and unfortunate to the people that I do know from Brooklyn. My my oldest brother, God rest his soul, is from Brooklyn, so I got family out there in Brooklyn and watching that neighborhood get torn apart for them to put the Barclays there, and they're not managing that area right at all. At all, they they're putting a, a a product that they're about to watch turning into a losing regime again, like they were in New Jersey. This is bad. It's a different location, and the Nets are still the dog on Nets. I feel bad. It it was back when it was good when Doc was around, but they can't get it together like it was when Julius was here. And I'm talking about Julius Irving. To me, it reminds yeah. me of uh, my bad. That. Uh, no, to me, it, it, it's really when I think about trying to put together uh, a collection of stars to make it work, and this wasn't as as bad as this, but the other one of the other times that I really think of it kind of failing was when the Nets tried with an aging Garnett and was it Paul Pierce and those guys they tried to bring together, and they were you know they won the all season they were going to be title favorites and it didn't work out then either. And I'm not saying that that's nearly as close, but what I, as I was kind of racking my brain as you asked that question to TP and he was answering, I thought about that uh, failed experience uh, experiment by the Nets as well. And I'm like, well, it's something about this franchise. They just uh, had trouble, uh, you know, getting it together. Yeah, I mean, that one was one that I thought about. I mean, I, I go back in Chandler. I know you, you know these ones, too. You know, Gary Payton and, and your boy Carl Malone on the Lakers. That was a disaster. They got blown by the uh, Pistons in the finals. Um, at least they made the finals, right? Um, you know, Charles Barkley and, and uh, Scottie Pippen, that was a disaster. Those two could not get along. But, you know, Barkley going to um, – the Rockets with the aging Drexler and, and uh, Elijah Wan, um, you know that 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 three uh, three 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 group of players trying to go in at what ninety six, you know they they just it did not work, um, you know I, I I think of those you know even you know not as big but Melo and and, and Sotomayor how that that it wasn't like they were expected to win championships but those two can never get on the court together, like. Mello, Sotomayor, and Chandler. They couldn't get on the court together. It was always one of them was hurt. It was usually Sotomayor. But, um, you know, that was a failed experiment. But, yeah, I think this one takes the cake because you never saw a collection of three scorers like Durant, Harden, and Irving and, you know, only got one playoff uh, series win to show for it um, in three-plus years. It's, it's just a disaster. Chandler, I don't know if you got any others up this week. Um, Jason Kidd, Jamal Mashburn, and Jimmy Jackson. Fight, destroy, uh, destroy the franchise because they over a woman. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, well, those guys are so young. I mean, when you talk about the collection of talent those three had, that that yeah. should have been that should have been a, 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 a finals contender for the next ten years, and that team imploded because of the three of them couldn't get along. So I've seen many, many, many instances of this over the years. It, to me, it's just not the worst. Now, if you want to talk about the, the most big-name players, but in terms of talent, we've seen this before. 
Um, the Knicks with Bob McAdoo, Spencer Haywood, Lonnie Shelton. At that time, they were the three best big, uh, it, you know, when you talk about big and power forwards, small forwards, or they were power forwards, actually. Um, you know, you're talking about an Olympic champion, a scoring champion, an all-star, and they couldn't get along. Ruined that Knicks team. That team should have been really, really good. It wasn't. You know, oh, and, and Ty, I think the Buck Williams Nets might have something to say about a little bit of success, but it, it's, again, when people start talking about worst ever, this ever, I, I you know, I've seen it before when it comes to that. I don't think that's the worst one ever because I can think of many instances over the years, but like I said, I'm old, you know. But the first one I always think of when people talk about a collection of talent that, that failed spectacularly is Jason's kid, Jamal Masburn and Jimmy Jackson, or the run TMC Warriors. The run TMC Warriors, what did they do? Honestly. But I, I don't know if they were expected to win a chip, though. I mean, it, that was a good, yeah, but, you know, Mullen, hard, you know, Hardaway and company, but I don't know if they were going to win a chip. You know what I mean? Were, what about the Wizards? The Wizards team would do that. Go ahead, Mike. Which one? Which, which was this team? Which was this team, Chandler? The one with arenas in them. They where everybody was playing with guns in the locker room. Remember <laughs> 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 Yeah, there's been some spectacular failures. Um, yeah, I mean, listen. There's been a lot of failures. There's a lot, there's always going to be failures because there's only going to be one champion. But it, to me, the Nets is different because you brought these guys in as free agents or via trade. Um, you know, you know, TMC was drafted. You know, like Jamal Mashburn and, and Kidd and, and Jackson were drafted more or less. So um, it's a different feeling when you draft the kids as opposed to. Um, you make a big trade, you make a big splash, you, you trade a lot of picks and assets to get these guys to your team and to have little to nothing to show for you. I mean, all the the, the thing with, 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 with Kid, there's there's only one Hall of Famer out of that trio. Um, with, with um, you know, the Warriors, I, I don't know if any of those guys are in the Hall of Fame. Durant, Harden, and Irving will be Hall of Famers. Like, you know, barring a catastrophic injury or something like that, but there's their MVPs and they're, 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 they'll be Hall of Famers, and they have one playoff series win, one. That's that's a that's a disaster. That's a fail. That's an absolute fail. You know what I mean? That's why I bring up that Lakers team that had. You know Peyton and Malone with Shaq and Kobe because those are you know four Hall of Famers that you know they collapsed when it came to uh, playing the Pistons like the Pistons just abused them and you know that was the begin that was the end of that Laker run with Kobe and Shaq you know they were they they split up soon after you know what I mean so you know I'm looking at disasters like that but Chauncey um, Billups is know. still making shots right now in that series yeah yeah. Chauncey Billups, they, I mean, that Pistons team was really good. I mean, let's give them credit, Billups and, and Rasheed Wallace and, and, and um, Ben Wallace and company and Rip Hamilton. But, I mean, you're going to take those guys over, you know, the Lakers at that time? No way you, were, you, you would put money on that. So, um, you know, it was it was a disaster. It was, but it was fun to watch because, I, you, know, I was a, you know, I was a Laker hater, you know, so kind of ample. 
it, but no. <laughs> you still are. Come on, you know, it ain't no blood. Yeah, you I know, know, I know. You are. I wouldn't be a villain if I wasn't a Laker hitter, you know what I mean? Just, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, it's New York, man. It's New York all day. Um, Yeah, real quick, Josh Hart to the Knicks. Why are you giving up? I mean, Cam Reddish, okay, but a protected first-round pick. You're giving a first-round pick for a guy that's had slippers from three-point line and averaging nine points a, a season this year. That's what we're doing. All these picks that you didn't want to give away for Donovan Mitchell, you're giving away to get Josh Hart, a bench player that's a the three and D guy that can't shoot the three this year. That's what we're doing. Mm. That's what we're doing, Jim. Mm. Mm. Oh, and by Make the way, that, that Tim, Tom Tim Tim was not going to play him. You know that, right? You know he's going to no. bury him on the bench. The first, the first time he blows exactly. a defensive assignment, he's going to nail him to the bench like he Cam Reddish, by the way, six nine can shoot. Yeah, he may be at some. Sometimes what happens with him is he gets overly aggressive on defense when he's out of position. He gets beat. Yeah, but this kid, yeah, he started playing with the motor. You traded a first round pick to get him, for, for and then you gave away a first round pick to move him. So you basically traded traded Kevin Knox two first round picks to get a guy in Josh Hart that reunited with yeah. Jalen Brunson from Villanova, but that is not going to make the rotation. You wasted right. two first round picks him. for that. And you're still just going to be in the play-in because if you if you watch the Knicks play, anyone who watches the Knicks play, if they have a lead in the last three minutes, they start losing the lead because apparently they start playing hot potato with the ball because they have nobody on the court. They don't have any real point guard on the court who understands the concept of make the right pass. Oh, they have one on the team, but he's buried on the bench. Right. Tom Thibodeau should have been fired before the season started, Tom Thibodeau needs to be fired. Tom Thibodeau I, needs know, to be I'm fired. I'm not even going after Thibodeau. It, it's Leon Rose. What the hell are you doing? What are you doing? Like, you're not giving up picks to get Donovan Mitchell because you want to keep uh, Quentin Grimes, who I like, but now you're giving up picks to get Josh Hart? Huh? Well, Thibodeau like, didn't want Donovan Mitchell. This is what you have to remember. They're giving Thibodeau the players he wants, and then he decides he doesn't want them. But Thibodeau doesn't have that kind of power, man. It's, it's Leon Rose, C- CAA, all day. Okay. Another CAA client. You know what I mean? Okay, like, but I, tell you know, me why. Man. Tell me why that he's burying people. The dude has a six-man rotation. Come on, man. But see, you know what this is? This is further evidence, and I keep saying this. You got smart basketball people that go to Madison Square Garden and turn into blithering idiots. Think about the people they've had run that organization over the past 40 years. Mm. Some of the luminaries of this game, Lenny Wilkins, Don Nelson, uh, Donnie Walsh, and they got to the Knicks, and they became idiots. It's in, in the water, man. man. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, no, it's not in the water. It's the owner. Thank you, James Dolan. Uh, the disgrace. And that interview he had on the radio a week or two ago, disgrace. Like, with your facial recognition, you miss me with that. Get lost. Can't stand that guy. He'll never sell. He said, I'll never sell. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an asset that I'll pass on to my kids. Like, you know what? It's not an asset. This is, this is our team. This is our Knicks. It's not an asset, you jerk. 
Huh? Okay, but, but y'all know he, you, you, realize, you realize that he can't sell the Knicks because he doesn't own the Knicks. The Dolan family owns the Knicks. We want it's him not gone. just him. I don't okay, care. you can I want, want him gone. gone. There, will, there will be another person named Dolan in charge. It That's ain't the James point. Dolan. It ain't okay, James Dolan. You that guy is a jerk. That, he's a petty jerk that has crippled and handcuffed my team and is hoarded it to himself. And real Nick fans like us can't get can't cheer for his team because James Dolan and his stupid cable vision has destroyed my team ever since he took over in ninety what two thousand or ninety nine. Okay, but that was happening before that, when the father was in charge. And again, I'm old but enough Daddy to remember. Was in charge, this, it was fine. No, it was it fine. Wasn't fine. Was in charge. We at least were winning. No, we were winning. When were they winning? We were in the finals. When were they winning? We were, we were in the finals in the, in uh, '99. Okay, and before that, when the father was in charge, tell me the last finals you went to. 94. And before that? I mean, we're not talking I'll before be that. That was it, the 90s. Come on, we've got to be in it. To win. Nobody was going with Jordan and, and, the, and Pistons and the, and the, and the Celtics. We weren't good enough to, to beat those teams. But The Dolan family <sighs> is responsible for this. It's not just James, and that's the whole point that everybody – He's the face, or you can blame him all you want. This is a family dynamic and has been we had a since team. they owned the we had franchise. A winning team. We had a winning okay. team before James came to okay. 2000. We're a, okay. this, it's okay. a, this, disgrace. We've been a disgrace. Okay. Okay. Disgrace. I'll never go to the garden. I can't. I'm not going to. My son asked me, the guy, I can't pay. I'm not gonna, First of all, I can't afford it. It's like, oh, I don't want to be on your, your, your facial recognition software. And might be mistaken for somebody that had an opinion, and might it got kicked out of the garden and can't ever return because I had an opinion. Like you know what I mean? Like, give me a break. That place. Oh, God, serenity now, serenity now, serenity now. TB, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you got anything to talk about, but uh, I'm cooked. That I, I just when I I the next man, it just put me in a bad. You're not lying. That Knicks talk wore me out. I'm telling you. I, who talks about him? Who watches him? You got Chandler up here crying, <laughs> up here sounding like Mary J. Blige on my no, I'm not going to cry. And he up here crying about Cam Reddish, crying about Thibodeau being fired. Deal with it. Suck it up. Get some Kleenex. Enough is enough. You've been dealing with it since the 70s, and you're going to cry in 2023? Get it out of your head. You and Barry over here holding hands to try to say it like me. Get out of here. Y'all sound ridiculous. The Knicks are horrible. No, no, no. They're, they're in the top seven, top eight. So they, they still have a playoff spot. You can't put this all on Thibodeau because he's at least getting you winning culture to go on in there. But I don't know how long he lasts unless Dolan is really ready to make the New York area mad. But I don't I don't think they pulled the trigger on him while they were actually pulling off games too. So, But I'm not going to get tied up in his Knicks talk, no. I'm, I'm still living off of a high – what my boys did in the middle of Crypto.com arena yesterday in L.A., if you didn't see it, please Google who won the game while LeBron accomplished his feet. But no, I don't really have too much. Um, this hey, whole week is going to be what happened, uh, sports, what happened to Poker Chavis? What's going on with him? How is he doing? He's injured. I, I don't know how long his timetable is, but he's out. And um, 
So is Jeremiah wow. Robertson Earl. We need we need all of the bigs back. All of the bigs are really hurt, but they're still afloat winning games. That that's that's the puzzling part. If 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 you guys can hear me now, Oklahoma City, if you can hear me, please draft Zach Eady out of Purdue. I know we probably won't get him, but if they do, that's all mm-hmm. the Thunder need is him. That's it. That's all I want. Wish list. I mean, listen, uh, are you happy that your boy made the all-star team SGA? Should be starting. Mm-hmm. Should be starting. I'm, yeah, happy. Sure. I'm happy. I'm happy he made the all-star game, but I knew that the star quality, his, it, he, he played more games than Steph, and Steph is starting, and Steph is out. So, and Steph's supposed to be out for a month, so Shake probably could end up being a starter, but I'm, I'm, I'm happy he's there either way. This boy's been electric. He's been averaging 30 points a game. Ridiculous little tear that was not even season start that he has at this point in time. I love it. Thunder up. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I, you wanted him traded. Well, this got to be fair. You did, you didn't want him traded, but I'm happy that um, he's he's getting some some credit around here in the league because like you know he's balling out. Um, maybe he slides in because Zion's hurt again. Uh, his hamstring. Uh-huh. So he'll be out of the all. He'll be out of the All Star game. Um, what do you say, Chandler? He never should have been a starter either, by the way. Yeah, well, the fans vote him, man. You know how it is. You know, you just can't get away from what the fans want. But, I mean, he's hard again. His hamstring, he's going to be out through the all-star break. Um, can't stay healthy. Um, you know, I, I don't know, man. I I don't know if he, 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 they paid him. I wouldn't have paid him. I, 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 don't, I, can't, I don't know how you justify paying him. He he he's always hurt. I don't I I can't I can't put all my money in that basket. I, I don't know how you guys feel. I mean, I know he's he's a talent. He he's he's a guy that you you would pay pay to see, but you you never see him. Like I I, I don't you know I I don't know. You damned if you do. You damned if you don't. Right? Like paying the kid. You, you I, can't I you can't let that talent go. But we had this conversation what a couple of weeks ago I think. They 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 messed this up from the very beginning when they played him in summer league instead of getting him, getting his body right, getting him nutritionally right, getting him in shape. He is still not in shape, and it, it, it stop telling me what do do to his body type. I know a lot of guys that are his body type whose body fat is nowhere near what his is. Okay, they can turn that into right. lean muscle. You, you can reshape your you can reshape some of that. There's things that they could do to take some of the stress because he keeps having lower body injuries because he's so mm-hmm. explosive. He's putting a lot of pressure on his lower body. There are things you can do to kind of mitigate that. Um, you know what? Hey, start working on your jumper, bro. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and they're doing none of this. And I'm putting this on. I'm putting it on him because he's in the league. This is what his third, fourth year now. So at this point, you should be. You should know what you need to do. But I'm also putting this on management there. Do a better job managing the face of your franchise. Do a better job. It's an investment. It's an investment, right? Kid is an investment. You got to make sure that that investment pays off. You got to. You should be investing in this kid. Get him a nutritionist. Getting him. Get his body right. Get him right. You know what I mean? I don't know. I I agree with you. It's hard to let a talent walk and let him walk for nothing. But I, I, the super max, like for what? What did he do to earn a super max other than a, a, a Mountain Dew commercial? 
What are we talking about here? Got them, you know got I mean? them on TNT more than more than they had ever been before, um, which gets yeah. them ad revenue, which puts money in their pockets. But if you look at and, and, and not to go back, go on, I'm gonna go back to uh, Oklahoma City. Look at what they did with Chad Holmgren, right? They mm-hmm. shut him down. Oh, your footprint, you ain't playing no more. You know what they're also doing with him? Getting his body right, getting his nutritionist right. They're they getting him to eat, to work out, to build up his body. They, they take a look at his frame saying, okay, you're gonna, you might be prone to these type of injuries, so this is what we're going to do. This is the regimen we're going to have you on. That's what a smart franchise does. That's what a smart right. team does. Right. And it'll be like a new draft pick next year, a, 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 a pretty solid young Thunder team. We'll get another draft pick that now they should they should hopefully you know really make some headway really make some noise and start to turn the corner in OKC and they have all their picks right TP still got I don't know how, how many first round picks eight nine something like that it's so uh, impressive they got seventy five <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean you can flip that because now you got a star you got two stars that you can build around. You could flip those picks, maybe get a, a, a disgruntled player and, and bring them in, and now you're on your way. So, um, it, it, Sam, 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 crazy like a crazy like a fox, right? I don't know, you know, mm-hmm. he, he must know something. Mm-hmm. He must know something. So, um, you know, let's look it up. Nick's got all these picks and don't know what the hell to do. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wow. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't mean to talk about the Knicks. I apologize. Uh, you know, listen what, to our sponsors page. No, I apologize. Did, did you guys talk about the D- the Delo trade already? Yeah, we led the show with that. Listen, we're gonna. I, wasn't I, there. You know, I was watching the, the back. I know, right? The the posture to clean up. Give me a quick take on that, and then I'm, we'll get out of here. I like it. I like it for D'Angelo. Um, Russ is gonna get waived. Good for him. He can go somewhere where they might just let him be Russ again, and you know, take forty shots, miss thirty of them, but still get a triple double. Uh, <laughs> Um, but I like it for D'Lo. <laughs> I like it for D'Lo. Um, good for him. You know what? We've seen two guys go back to the teams where they started with, and they've grown up, they've matured, and I think the teams are better off now than they were when they had them before, even though I wish both teams had kept them. I wish the Lakers had never traded D'Angelo Russell. I think the Nets, you know, Dinwiddie annoys me, but I think it was a mistake when the Nets traded him. So I think both of these guys coming back, as more mature players with more well-rounded games, I think that's nothing but a benefit to both of them. So I, I actually like the trade. For once, Rob Link actually made a good trade. Yeah, we'll see. You know, he, he his feet was being held to the fire, but, you know, they don't have a lot of wiggle room. They didn't have a lot of cash space. They didn't have a lot of assets. You know, they had to trade, throw in a pick to get rid of Russ, and, you know, I think they got three players in return that, you know, make them better than they were the day before, so... I like the trade too. Um, we're cooked, you know. We're we're good. TP, uh, you got even got some some OKC talk in there for you, big brother. I love it, man. He's doing them things. He's doing them things. But um, you know, let's get out of here, Mr. Harvey. Thanks for calling in, man. Joining us. Uh, give us a plug. We get out of here. Phiapero.co, man. Um, use chefs the code uh, promo code chefs to check out for fifteen percent off. Listen, they got unique and uh, really stylish clothes to be sure to stand out in the crowd, man. SportsCityChefs.com. Check out the blog website. Uh, website. We got blogs. We got articles and different things there. Come check out the barbershop. 
family on Clubhouse, got live watch-alongs. We'll have something going on during the Super Bowl. And uh, we're always talking about all kinds of uh, things in sports and in life. So uh, come join us and be a part of that community, man. Much love and respect to the big homie TP, man. Without him, I wouldn't be here. Respect to Chandler. Join us tomorrow night for uh, Roundtable Gumbo. Uh, join Timeless and I uh, for our Super Bowl preview show on the time of Sunday morning brunch. Uh, Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Chandler and I will be coming at you tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Of course, we got the college cookout. we got the Tuesday NFL free flow. We'll have some baseball stuff coming uh, as we get a little closer with pitchers and catchers reporting as well, man. So uh, we appreciate the support. Like and subscribe. Remember, you can listen to us on any of your smart speakers, man. As you say in Louisiana, bro, laissez-les-bons on roulette. Peace. Peace, peace, peace. Uh, Mr. Chandler, thank you for coming in, uh, giving us a, a shout, man. Give, give us a, give us a plug when we get out of here. Uh, we fun, Mr. Powell. Um, I expect to see you tomorrow. If not, I will be blowing your phone up. Uh, Barry, good talking to you. Um, and as Mr. Harvey's great uncle, Paul Harvey used to say on his radio show, and now you know the rest of the story. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, always, listen, um, yeah, thanks for calling everybody. You know, we're doing big things. Make sure you listen to it. Get some gumbo tomorrow with Chandler and, and Mr. Harvey. Uh, they do great stuff talking all sports, so I'm, I'm sure they'll be cooking up something lovely for you. Uh, check me out on a Friday. I'm guest hosting on, on Dan's uh, Playbook uh, live podcast. Uh, I think Friday around noonish. We'll figure out the time, but repping that. Got to rep the, the chef, man. Got to pe- let people know. Everybody wants to get a piece of the chef. You know what I mean? You got to, you know, stay, stay, stay in your way. You know, like, get that plate. You know what I mean? No, listen. Uh, it's going to be nice uh, doing a uh, podcast with my friend Dan Gutrella, uh out here. So um, be on the lookout for that. Uh, get to the website, doing big things, sportscitychefs.com. Shout out to PHI Apparel. Um, use that promo code CHEF. TP, you know what to do. Get us out of here, bro to sit here and hear you guys cry for Cam Reddish and what's going on in the garden is nauseating. Oh, my gosh. I thought Chandler was going to start singing, and then, nah, we'll love you. I thought all of that was going to happen, right? And then he started talking about the show tomorrow. Well, y'all stay tuned with the show tomorrow and everything we got going on. We are in front of the Super Bowl. I cannot wait. This, to me, I call this Super Bowl hump day, just counting the days until we really get to Christmas for real on Sunday where everything goes down, everything's on the line. Stay tuned. Of course, the brunch should be popping. It's usually one of the popular shows, uh, the Super Bowl brunch, too. So this this is going to be epic. It's, this is the week that everybody's been waiting for, and I can't wait. And, and it's ecstatic. And plus, I'm, I'm – I'm very happy that we knocked the Lakers off while Le- LeBron was able to eclipse uh, Kareem. So that that made me feel good. I really thought we were going to lose that game. I thought it was going to be a party in L.A. <laughs> and nope, we we shut the door. There's nothing else to see here. Red, yellow tape all around the building. Yeah, nothing else to see here. Nothing else to see here. SportsCityChefs.com. Check out the website. The interviews, the blogs, the chefs. You already know we got stuff going on tomorrow with Chandler and Mike getting busy in the kitchen. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Uh.
Sports City, Sports City. Kaboom, Sports City chefs is in the room. Cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman verse, MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Uh-huh. <laughs>